This is Coffee with Karina, and here's your host, Karina Michelle. Hello. So today on the show, I have licensed marriage and family therapist, Kevin Wahey. He works in Beverly Hills, California. So he sees a lot of people in the entertainment industry. So this may be a little bit different to the other episodes I have on here, but wow, he offers some great information and um, ways to help all of us because we all struggle with uh, with our with our things. I think whether we're actors or writers or directors or producers or whatever that may be, um, there's always ways and things that we can do to make our lives better. So take a listen and let me know what you think. So I would love to hear a little bit about your background, how you grew up, like what made you want to become a therapist. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I think what kind of got me into it was, you know, I grew up in a family that was like kind of two mixed cultures. Um, so it was always kind of interesting to see like how different family cultural systems work together. So like my dad uh, came from like a very kind of like European, German, Irish background. Uh, and then my mom is from Iran. So it's more of a collectivist culture. So kind of always feeling like being like acutely aware that there's like, there's two different styles here. Like it's not the same and kind of being like, which one works best and why are they different? Um, kind of got me into that. Um, just kind of having to like navigate and see that there's not just one way to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I was with each kind of side of the family. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I, um, I don't know, you know, I, I read a book when I was in high school called like marketing warfare and you know at first it was like well oh, you gotta go into business so I was like well this is business mm-hmm. and psychology so I can do this and uh yeah when I went to college um I kind of focused on like consumer behavior game theory stuff like that um mm-hmm. and then after that kind of worked in marketing and then went into sales and kind of kept getting closer and closer to (laughs) inching over to where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Just like inching over to it, you know, and just being like, okay, I guess I can just, you know, it's, it's nicer to work one-on-one with people than at a distance with marketing. And then, um, uh, and then, you know, I moved out to LA to, to, to write and, you know, do storytelling and stuff like that. And then kind of in learning how to do stories, I was like, Oh my God, you know, like stories are just, psychology and therapy you know like yeah the hero's journey is just the story of therapy you know you you know have a childhood trauma and that's you know your wound and then you have like um this villain that comes along and shatters your world and you have to go into this magical world which is like therapy or coaching yeah you work with this person and you know you grow and learn so it was really just kind of wanting to grow and learn. And, you know, the joke I always tell people is every person who becomes a therapist and maybe I'm just speaking for myself or a coach is really trying to figure out what's wrong with them, but, you know, hasn't quite figured that out yet. So like, I'm going to help other people and going yeah. to the helping business. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're really, you know, cause we're all just trying to work on ourselves all the time. And, you know, mm-hmm. we all have our wounds and stuff that, um, you know, we're trying to adjust and fix to just lead a more like balanced, fulfilling life. Um, so, you know, I went from writing to going to therapy because, you know, I've always been that kind of friend that people come to and talk to about their stuff. And I was like, well, I might as well get paid. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, you know, like, why not go do a job that you like to do for free and see if you can get paid for it? You know, so yeah. um, 
yeah, so I went into that and then, um, you know, got my MFT and then uh, I've been doing this now almost 10, almost 10 years now. So, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been really cool. A journey getting to that point. It's funny when I was younger, so I wanted to be an actress since I was born pretty much. I just loved that whole thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, since I was really young. And it's weird because I did get a lot of attention. I know we talked about this before. And you were like, well, I just want attention. And I was like, but I was like the first grandchild, you know, I got, I got a lot of attention. So that wasn't it. But um, it's funny later on, the other thing that I was always drawn to was being a psychologist or psychiatrist. I always wanted that for like connection. So it's really interesting hearing that from you. And yeah. And now I'm doing this too. So it's kind of interesting. It's kind of cool. But so, um, so why LA? So you moved to LA to be a writer. And then you yeah. just kind of got into it that way. Yeah. So I, I came out to LA to be a writer and then, um, you know, figured out that was not a good fit for me because I'm an extrovert um, and writing is an incredibly introverted mm-hmm. uh, job. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, the cliche of, you know, sitting at Starbucks and everybody in Starbucks is a writer really helped true, um, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't have minded, but everybody's wearing headphones and not talking to anybody. It's like, oh, this is a very lonely kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. going to a buffet, but you're not allowed to eat, you know, yeah. wants to talk to you. Yeah. Like, oh, all these yeah. interesting people. I'd love to get to meet you. And they're like, shut up. No way. Like, <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm so sorry That's for interrupting funny. your thing. So like, um, yeah. So, um, you know, so I decided, well, why not therapy? And, you know, like, um, you know, but it's interesting because, you know, I, I have used a lot of what I learned in writing uh, to actually inform how I do therapy and the process of it, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, the journeys of it and, you know, like the wounds that people have and how they create, um, you know, like sometimes when I take a new client on, I'll tell them, you know, it's like this thing that you happen in your childhood, you know, it's like you have two arms, you have a left and a right arm. And, you know, in your childhood, your family was very imbalanced. So, you know, everybody in their family used their right arm. So you had to learn to use your left arm. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you became really good at it. And you build this whole life using your left arm. Um, And you build this, you know, successful life, which is kind of like the false victory of the hero's journey. And then, you know, you kind of crash down and and you keep trying to use that left arm more and more to just try to get back to where you were and like life just doesn't seem to let you get back there and if anything it keeps pushing and pulling you down and you eventually give up you eventually like just give up on your left arm it's not working it's tired it's broken um and that's this like dark night of the soul you know in the hero's journey the whiff of death you know either you know, the thought of suicide or, you know, something dies a marriage, you know, your job, your whatever dies. And in that death, you feel so lost and alone, kind of like the metaphor of like a caterpillar, you know, who's mm-hmm. uh, in the cocoon and doesn't know, you know, what's coming. And, um, but then as you break out of that cocoon and you find your right arm uh, and you start using that, you know, and you start building this life using your right arm, Uh, And it's awkward and it's weird. It's kind of, it's like what I call like emotional puberty. So you, Mm -hmm. so you go through physical puberty, you know, um, not by your own choice. And then the process of therapy is kind of like emotional puberty where you're kind of just pulled into it by nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, again, not by your own choosing and it's awkward and it's weird, but as you kind of start to climb out of that cocoon, um, you're working on finding balance, but that's hard too. So just because you've found the answer 
doesn't mean it goes easy, you know, and you kind of have to work up and up and you don't you don't go straight to like the main villain, so to speak. You, you know, you start doing vulnerability with, you know, your friends and then with your girlfriend, then, you know, with a Mm -hmm. business co-colleagues, you know, and then you go back to the person who in the beginning created the imbalance, usually your parents or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, but you work your way up. So it's really that hero's journey of, of imbalance. And then usually, you know, you know, being an individualistic or being overly giving to help the family, to save yourself, and then learning to fix that balance by being more self-centered, um, or more vulnerable and leaning on other people. Right. Um, That's what it's about, right? It's about balance. It's about finding that equilibrium. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, you know, starts in out of balance because, you know, our families are out of balance. And then if you're lucky, you get to go and fix that and find, you know, a way to make your life more balanced and kind of reestablish what I call like the flow of love. You know, lots Mm -hmm. of people are good at either letting love in or putting love out, but not everybody's good at letting it in and out uh, Mm -hmm. at the same time. You know, when we, when we, when we're good at giving love, we feel like we have, what is it, value to others. Uh Um, but we don't feel like we have self-worth because we're not allowing it in. If we let it in, but don't give it out, we have worth because people give it to us, but we don't feel like we're a value to others. Uh, so we feel valueless. This is deep stuff. I'm like, (laughs) I've like lost my chain. I'm like, this is good. All right. Yeah. You know, so it's really learning to, to allow that flow to come through so that you feel like you have worth from others, but always but also value to others at the same time and just really letting that flow flow through you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and, you know, that's kind of, you know, and then there's like one or two ways it goes right. And there's like a million ways that it goes wrong. So, you know, it's always, you know, a bit disappointing when people come in because we all think that we're unique and we Mm -hmm. are, you know, in how it goes wrong, but it's like, no, you need to breathe and eat and be loved, you know, mm-hmm. and the problem here is that you're just not receiving that or feeling like you're giving it well enough. And so we just need to fix that one thing. You know, there's nothing super duper wrong with you. It's just there, it's unique in how it goes wrong. You know, if you don't eat, you can get a thousand different diseases, right? Mm-hmm. But if you eat healthy, you just have health. Mm-hmm. So it's just figuring out how to get back into health, you know? Okay. So what, what would you say is like the biggest misconception about seeing a therapist and like, how can it benefit someone? Like, do you think everyone should go? Or is there like, like a certain point where like you mentioned suicide or something, but is it like a certain point where it's like, okay, you know, I need to make a change. Something's not right. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, everybody kind of has to hit that point of like, I have to go on my own. It's Mm kind of like, it has to be initiated from within, you know, I make the joke of like, it it, 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 to your first question, I think it's like, it's like personal training. It's like, it, I call my, you know, once people kind of get to know me, I'm like, I'm just your like emotional fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here to help you in your emotional fitness. And if you're content and you're happy in your relationships and you're fulfilled, fantastic. Like you don't need to come, you know, like, but a lot of people either, you know, don't have like a fulfilling career. They feel like, you know, the relationship relationships are imbalanced or, you know, they're just carrying heavy stuff from the past, uh, you know, that, you know, they haven't dealt with, or that stuff keeps them in patterns that they don't like. Right. And, and it's like, you know, yeah, come on in, you know, it's like, if you feel like, 
you have a problem with your gait and it's causing you pain. You should go see a physical therapist and get that fixed out. You know, like mm-hmm. if you feel like you're overweight and you're carrying a lot of stuff, you should go get a personal trainer to help learn how to fix that problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Completely. You know, just to fix yourself up. You know, I think the biggest misconception is that, you know, and, and this is something, you know, like I kind of, I don't know, do it a little quirky where in the first session, I really kind of get to know people. And then I have my own like little way of talking about therapy, you know, and my own metaphors that I use. And I really try to do kind of like a a little bit of a dump at the end of the session to really try to get rid of this misconception that people have that because you're in therapy, it means that there's something wrong with you. And especially Mm -hmm. it means that there's something wrong with your mind. Like you're, you know, you're crazy or you're broken or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, or you've seen somebody else and they've given you a label you know, like, oh God, you know, <laughs> you know what's yeah. wrong with me? And it's yeah. like, really, really, truly, there's nothing wrong with you. There's just like a disharmony between your kind of logical self and your emotional self, like, mm-hmm. you know, your heart and your mind. And, you know, I kind of go through, you know, this is what the system looks like. And, you know, if you can't let this stuff out, then this is what happens. And, you know, you start developing these issues. But the beauty is, is, you know, that all you got to do is really start getting in touch with these things. Um, You know, I tell people like, you're, you're here to do four things in therapy, really, you know, like, you know, therapy seems like, you know, this big, mysterious world of like, you know, there's thousands of books and, you know, yes. everybody's got a way to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you can read a billion self-help books. And I mean, it's just such a messy, messy world, you know, yeah. and it's like, really, it's just like four things, you know, you're here to like, mm-hmm. learn to tune to yourself, to listen in, to see what, you know, hungers you have that aren't being fulfilled and what things yeah. in your life are hurting you. So we can stop those things, right? And you can mm-hmm. become more fulfilled and less hurt. Great. To, to allow that to happen, you then have to learn some communication skills on like how to set boundaries and how to ask for help, you know, so that people stop cutting you and people start helping you feed on what you want in life, right? And then mm-hmm. the third thing is, is how do you soothe yourself um, so that you can handle the process of learning, right? Because like learning mm-hmm. is tough, it's sad. And how do you soothe those, you know, those disappointments right. without like without beating going crazy yeah yeah Yeah. frankly like beating the crap out of yourself yeah you know or misfeeding yourself you know like Mm -hmm. oh i'm sad let me you know watch this tv show or eat a piece of cake or something well that Mm -hmm. doesn't really soothe your sadness or that like critic in your mind who's like beating you up along the way Mm -hmm. you know so how do you change that so that when you fall and stumble you actually heal yourself rather than make it worse or just distract from it Mm -hmm. um you know, and then the fourth thing is, is how do you learn how to just do that with others as you teach them what you want? And that sometimes creates hard feelings. So how do you help soothe the people around you in the learning process, you know, and be like, Hey, you know, like, I know you came from a good place. This made me sad. You know, I'm sorry. It's hard to hear that. I know you're trying your best, you know, so really like, how do you become better attuned to yourself? How do you coach others in, you know, getting your needs met? And how do you coach yourself in getting your needs met? Um, and just kind of create more harmony in your world, you know? Yeah. So if someone is going through like a really tough time, like right, you know, at this point in time, is yeah. it a good idea? Like you mentioned, sometimes it can get worse. You know, you're opening up this whole can of worms. Should they wait until it's like a, you know, a more convenient time if it's like a really busy time in their life or how does that work? 
you know, I don't, I don't really think it's something that you should wait for. I mean, I'm not trying to like push it, but it's kind of like, you know, it's at at worst therapy is just going and getting to vent and dump to somebody for an hour, you know, like you just get to take something off of your shoulders for a bit, you know, and just Mm -hmm. dump, you know? And I think a, a good therapist will know, you know, like, Oh, you know what? It's heavy. I shouldn't really dig too deep, you know, like, or, Hey, now's a good time for me to dig deep. You know, sometimes it's like physical therapy. Sometimes it's surgery, right? Like you should have to look at what's going on in a person's life, you know, and, and really like, I mean, most therapists are trained to like follow the client, you know? So like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, like if I know somebody has some like big thing in their life, but you know, Hey, they're dealing with this fire right now, or they're dealing with this thing. Mm -hmm. You're really trained to just follow, you know, you're, you're supposed to like remember, but not have like desire to do things. Right. So you remember their case, you remember everything, but then you follow where they are in, in their world. You know, it's kind of, again, like a personal trainer, if somebody comes in and says, you know, Hey, I'm coming in. I know it's good for me to do a little bit, but I'm not feeling great. Right. Right. I remember they wanted to get abs and, you know, know, (laughs) work their legs. I remember that, but you know, where they are today is here. So let's just take it easy and keep it light, you know, and if things are good and they say, Hey, remember that ab thing? You're like, I remember. (laughs) Let's go back to that. Let's do it. You know, like, Uh um, so it's really supposed to be directed by the client. There are certain styles of therapy where, um, you know, it's kind of like you come in and this is what happens and you kind of go through a very specific process. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most of us, you know, it's just, you just follow, um, you know, and I used to tell people, you know, like I used to be a consultant. So I think of this as like kind of a consulting gig where like, you know, you're the CEO of your company, you know, where you want to go, you know, what works best for you, you know, what you're capable of. And my idea, my job is to kind of be the guy who sees the forest and, you know, and, and like makes little suggestions, but at the end of the day, you're the one who's sitting there going, you know, like, yes, Mm -hmm. I want to do this. No, I can't do that. Thank you for the advice. And if, if worse, you know, and at worst, it's just something that, you know, they've just felt listened to and heard for a bit. And even that, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like, you know, the, um, the dark, the secret of therapy is like, you know, 80% of the curative process is just really helping people be heard. Um, you know, because by listening you to somebody else, you help them hear their own stuff. Right. And they a lot of the time, yeah. And a lot of the time they know what they need to do. It's just, they haven't sat with themselves and really listened in a while because life is so fast, Right. you know? Um, you know, it, it's like, you know, a personal trainer in the beginning, your job is to teach them how to work out, but eventually it's more about just making the commitment to working out. You know, they know what they're doing, you know, but it's, it's just their way of keeping that space, that special kind of sacred time for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Um, so what about like when someone comes in for the first time, say an actor, for example, getting back on entertainment stuff, um, what are they usually struggling, struggling with? You know, like, you know, the, the, the same stuff everybody usually is struggling with, you know, like relationship stuff, career fulfillment stuff, um, you know, just kind of, you know, being fulfilled, you know, I think specifically, you know, I think they do have a particularly tough job in that 
you know, there's not a lot of jobs out there where your job is to go get rejected a bunch and occasionally mm-hmm. be told yeah. that you're good at something, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the dealing with rejection, yeah. like you talked about a little bit, before, oh. which is crazy. And in the end, you just kind of numb out to it. I think oh, <laughs> it's for so long, but it's weird. It's, it's like you're working, but you're getting rejected at the same time, but you're not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. Cause you know, it's like, um, you know, whenever I have clients and, you know, like relationship issues are tough and you know Mm -hmm. family stuff is tough health is tough but like one of the like biggest I think underspoken kind of uh traumas out there is the trauma of job hunting you know Mm -hmm. like when somebody loses their job you know and and they're out there and they're just constantly applying and networking and yeah in the wild (laughs) and it's like and it's hard enough for people who are like lawyers or in business and stuff and you know, if you're lucky, you maybe have to go through that process once every two or three years. And, you know, and it's only for a few months, maybe, but like with actors, it's like, no, I got a gig. How long's your gig? Well, it's a few weeks and then back right. into the job. Hunt. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. Yes. The balance. It, I remember just, the, oh. and that's kind of why I started this, you know, is to try and help others. Cause I was like, well, I wish I would have known this stuff, you know, when I started, cause I thought it was like, you book oh. something and then you're good. You're good to go. You know, and it's not the case. It's not the case at all. No. And so I think, yeah, I think with actors is really learning how to handle that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say rejection because that's, you know, because it's not yeah. even about rejection. It's just a bad fit. But then we tell ourselves it's about rejection. We tell ourselves it's mm-hmm. about self-worth, right. Right. you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and that's where it gets really painful. And, you know, I think so much of the work is, is really helping, you know, actors kind of reframe that, you know, and be like, well, mm-hmm. was that really a good fit for you? You know, it's good, yeah. kind of like dating, you know, like mm-hmm. when you break up somebody, whoever gets dumped some in, inherently internalizes it. I was like, Oh, I'm the bad one. It's my fault. You're like, no, let's like, look at the fit here. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they like this, you like that bad fit, you know, like exactly. the same thing with gigs, you know, it's like you, you wanted it, you know, like, and sure you would have taken it, but like, it was a fit thing. It wasn't a you thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, exactly. um, you know, and, and really coaching people on how to kind of, again, change that kind of internal uh, dialogue from one that's really critical, you know, like a lot of people motivate themselves with the stick, you know, and and it's kind of like um, the beatings will continue until morale improves, you know, and you're like, um, and really teaching them how to be like their own coach and use that carrot and use compassion so that, you know, each thing is a learning opportunity that doesn't leave major wounds. And then they're able to just Mm -hmm. get up and go and try and try again, kind of like a a child learning to walk, you know, doesn't really beat themselves up. But then mm-hmm. when they get older and they've had negative kind of influences in their lives, you can kind of see them. You, you can see when kids start to beat themselves up as they're learning. Mm-hmm. But, but when you see a child learning to walk, you know, they fall and they get sad and then they're not mean to themselves. So they learn pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really teaching people how to get back to that state of just like, being like a child learning to walk, you know, like, oh, this is fun and exciting. And I'm not going to beat myself up. If I fall, I cry, but I don't make it worse with my own self-talk, you know? So Mm -hmm. then I go and try again. Yeah. Um, I feel like I love that, but I feel like it's sometimes easier said than done. Maybe with practice, it's easier, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just the more you do something, you know, and the more comfortable you get at failing sometimes, like you're not always going to be. Yeah. Number one. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think, again, you know, what I tell people with therapy is like, you know, it's simple in concept, and it's hard in practice, because it takes time, because 
uh, you know, I had a friend long ago who taught golf and he was like, it's much easier to teach somebody who's never played golf how to hit the ball correctly mm-hmm. um, than somebody who's been playing it They're kind of good, but kind of wrong, yeah. you know, because you're having to unteach so many habits, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, like, you know, usually when I meet people, I'm like, okay, you know, so this is where you're at. This is what we got to do. It sounds simple. Um, it kind of is, but it's going to take like a year, you know, yeah. because it's, not it's, thing. It's, it's like you're learning yeah. how to do something totally different. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and the biggest part of this whole thing is just patience and forgiveness, you know, and and that's what we're all really trying to do is learn how to be more patient and forgiving of our own learning process. And then we're able to do that with our, you know, spouses and our children, and that Mm -hmm. becomes more harmonious or our employees or even our bosses, you know, like, oh, my boss is a human and I need to learn how to, you know, be vulnerable and communicate, but be patient and forgiving, you know, and, um, because we're all just trying to learn in this world, you know, we're all just trying to constantly grow and it's how do we handle the process of growth, you know? Mm-hmm. So the things that you focus on, I know you're in LA and you're in that entertainment hub in, in Beverly Hills, but mm-hmm. um, you focus more on, on marriage relationships. Like what's your kind of niche thing that you do? You know, I, you know, they always tell you you're supposed to have a niche, but it's kind of my niche is whatever walks through the door. Um, just because, you know, like, I think what tends to walk through the door is a lot of like depression, anxiety. Um, you know, I've done work with uh, addiction, you know, a lot of addiction work, mm-hmm. um, trauma work, um, relationship work, uh, parenting, you know, children, you know, it's all really teaching people, I guess you could say my niche is how do I teaching people how to handle sadness, essentially. Oh. And like, how to learn from it, um, how to not be angry with it, how to kind of sit with it so that we, you know, don't go into anxiety. So we don't go into anger at ourselves or others so that we don't, you know, develop addictions or undo those addictions and just really learn to kind of, you know, and, 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 and you know, the, the joke is always, you know, or I always joke about, you know, is it, it seems like I'm almost like a sadist or something. Cause it's like, no, you're here to be sad and learn to be sad. But I, but I tell people, you know, like, I'm like, no, nobody's ever come into therapy because they're too happy. You yeah. Know, like, There's always you something, know, so, you know, so I'm happy when my clients come in and they're happy and I'm like, yeah, we're going to have mm-hmm. a party and celebrate that. But really just learning how to be sad. Um, yeah, and it's, okay. it's okay to be sad yeah. right? and feel it. And, yeah. and yeah. And there's this, you know, sadness is like a, a piece of coal. And if you sit with it, um, you know, your tears or your exercise or your sweat, however you process it, um, washes the soot off and you find this diamond of wisdom beneath the coal. Um, and, and it becomes very light and it's a beautiful thing that you wear with pride rather than this mm-hmm. like sack of coal that you carry, you know, behind your back, that just weighs you down and so mm-hmm. heavy and, 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 you know, it's so shameful because you think it's bad. Oh, look at these mistakes I've made mm-hmm. and really just learning how to sit with those and polish them and, and wear those things with pride um, and to love yourself and, and to, to spread that kind of message to others in your life that, hey, you know, like we all make mistakes. This is how we learn. And, and, and that sack of coal that you've been carrying, guess what? There's this beautiful thing inside. You just got to sit and do the work mm-hmm. with it for a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's no need to have shame. There's no need to have guilt, you know, like you, those don't help, you know, they're, they're not helpful. And, 
you never wish that upon your own child. So why do you carry that with yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and, and, you know, and, and that kind of shows up in, again, depression, anxiety, anger issues, addiction, uh, relationship problems. So mm -hmm. kind of all of it and just teaching people how to deal with sadness, essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, if someone's listening, you know, and, and they're not in uh, Los Angeles and they think, wow, this guy's awesome. You know, I want to, I want to talk to him. He's the guy. Do you offer this? Do you offer some kind of like virtual life coaching or relationship coaching through the internet yeah. or how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do coaching, you know, I have clients kind of throughout the country and, you know, it's just coaching and, um, you know, it's life coaching or relationship coaching, or, you know, so I just call it coaching because, you know, life is relationships and you mm -hmm. know, fulfillment stuff. So it's one and the same. Um, and yeah, and it's just, you know, via, you know, FaceTime, Zoom, phone, whatever works for folks. And, you know, okay. I have clients kind of all over the country now. So like, um, awesome. yeah, it seems to work or, or, or they seem to like it and enjoy it. So they can yeah. come back. So <laughs> I must be doing <laughs> something right. <laughs> you know, so I'm sure you are. No, this is going to be super helpful just for people listening, you know, to this episode. Do you have um, a website or what's like the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, my website is uh, Um okay. And Wahey is W-E-H-E. -E. Um, so yeah. And uh, awesome. yeah, and it, it, all my contact info is there. So all right. Well, very cool. All right. Well, thanks for doing this, Kevin. This was so awesome. I'm like, my mind just, I feel like when I have these conversations with you, cause I've known you for a little while now, but my, I feel like yeah. my brain just growing. I feel like, oh my God, this is so, this is so good. And I end up thinking, well, hopefully <laughs> no, it's amazing. No, it's really yeah. cool. So thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Karina. All right. You're welcome. Hey, this is Karina. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, check out some of our other episodes and give us a rating. And you can also see the written article on authoritymagazine.com. In the meantime, stay safe and we hope to see you back here soon.